Queer Alien Blast. Uh, today we're finally getting to our Malik's episode. Uh, but before we do that, we want to talk about we finally, after 84 years, have a premiere date for season three. Uh, it is finally coming back on July 26th. Woohoo! Woo! Finally! <laughs> it's been forever. So today we are finally talking about Malik's. I don't know. I have a lot of complicated feelings about Malik in season two, so we'll see how this goes. Um, I think we should start off by talking about where Malik was at the end of season one and then at the very start of season two. Um, you know, you had you had obviously you had Michael with Maria or getting with Maria at the, at the end of season one. And then you had Alex as kind of like the sad gay in the trailer park in his leather jacket, just kind of waiting for for Michael. Um, which is, you know, I don't ever want to be reminded of the end of season one, but now it's been so long that it doesn't actually anger me the way that it did when it first came out, which makes sense. I mean, all this time has passed or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I still, the look on Alex's face when he was sitting, like waiting for Michael at the end of season one, I'll probably remember that till I die. It was just so pitiful. So sad. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, do think that the end of season two is meant to sort of mirror that and it makes sense so maybe season three won't be the saddest ending ever I don't know or we'll finally get a happy ending <laughs> no okay let's not take it too far I don't I, I, doubt, I doubt it's gonna be happy but it might be more hopeful like the end of season two I don't know mm. but I do like the season two so I don't know I go back and forth every every other day I'm like god I hated season two and Malik so then um, then I'm like oh. They had so much. They had so many scenes together. It was so much better. I did like how season two began with the two of them, though. I, is that scene at Alex's house? If I had gotten out, left Roswell, and I asked you to come with me, would you? All our years of this. I've never said no to you. You push me away, you pull me back in, and I go where you want me. I don't want that anymore. I don't want to keep hoping that maybe this time you won't go. I don't want to play your guitar. I don't think we're good for each other, Alex. And I, I want to be good for somebody, so no. I'm saying no. The more I rewatch it, I really... It's not the best, obviously, in terms of ships. I mean, that's a terrible, you know. But I just have come to really enjoy that, you know, we're no good for each other, Alex, line. I think mm -hmm. because there's no lies told. They're not good for each other at that moment. He's not wrong. Um, he's not necessarily right either in some ways because they haven't put the work into to make each other, you know, good for each other. But I don't think he's wrong. And I do think that scene, even just on a chemistry level, is so good. No, I really like that line because it, I, I do like it when Michael especially is more self-aware 
um, you know, and at that point, they're not good for each other and they haven't been for a while. And so I think acknowledging that was, was healthy, but I'm with you. I go back and forth about how I feel about them in season two. And I think that that is just because I go back and forth about how I feel about season two in general. I think Malik season two is we got qua we got quality over quantity in season one. And then season two is we got quantity over quality. Mm-hmm. So if we can meet somewhere in the middle here <laughs> and, you know, even if it meant fewer scenes in season three, but they had the quality of season one, I could just die happy. Um, so many scenes in season two that I valued, I think were wonderful, but unfortunately a lot of times it was repetitive or it didn't really further anything or it was, you know, it just didn't go in depth at all. And so again, they had a lot of heart to hearts, which I appreciate, but I think it was just more, it felt more like, are they appeasing us by showing them together a lot more? Um, Mm. but we never moved past this same like issue it was just constantly an argument or constantly talking about the same thing. So, well, yeah. And then the problem is, is that you have, you have all of these scenes, but it is the same conversation over and over and over again. They never make any progress. And so like, yeah, it's great to see them together, but not when we're having the same, the same scene time and again. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, we've said it after, thousand times by now I think in all the recaps that we did for the episodes all the comments that we did um but yeah I think that's the main issue I think for most people that I've talked to about season two that they just they were just so repetitive um and they were good conversations I mean if you take them individually they're good scenes and I mean Flamis's and and Tyler's chemistry is you know off the charts as always but um what I do want is them to start focusing a little less on the, you know, the what ifs and the we're not good for each other and lean a lot more towards, okay, we do have a foundation of what our relationship is and we know that it's not the best foundation that there is, but we care about each other and we do want to build off of that foundation. So where, where do we go from now? And I do think that they did that by the end. Um, it just feels like overall, if you watch the season, it just feels a little quick at the end because they keep having the same conversation. So the, so then at the end, when they do have, like Michael has that, I think it will be our time in the future. Um, and, and Alex seems ready, you know, sings the song and, and you know, whatever. Um, when they do have the realization from an audience point of view, it feels like, okay, but you like, what about the rest of the season then? Like, but I guess they did um, grow individually during the season. So that helped. Um, I think that in some ways, like you said, they, they definitely grew as individuals and in some ways they did grow as a, you know, we got to see them work together and learn to be in the same room together without it like suffocating on the angst, right? Mm-hmm. They were actually able to work together in some ways. <clears throat> but again, it comes down to, there's just not a lot of depth there. There wasn't a lot of time. We didn't see a lot of things. The one whole episode where, you know, they were, you know, together and they were going and they were in the barn, you know, that's probably one of the better ones in terms of like working together and being a team but there's still so much missing when you watch it. So 
I don't know if season three is going to, I just, all I really want to see is now we've built this foundation and we've, you know, we've, we've seen them grow. We've seen all of this. So now what do we do with it? Do we have them talk more for God's sake? Do they just spend all of season three, you know, having the same conversation or how, where do we go from here? How do we build on that? And that's really all I need. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to move past these same conversations. If season three opens with the same fucking conversation we've heard a million times, I mean, I'm going to lose my mind. We know that there's pain and there's, you know, they're working through all of this and they're no good for each other or the timing's not right. We all know that now it's been hit over the head. We've been hit over the head with it a million times, but now where do we go from here? Do we just attempt to be friends, let go of all of this? Don't even work, you know, work towards being together. That's fine. But we we need some progress forward. And I would like to think with the way that season two ended that we are going to move past these, these we're no good for each other. You know, we have to walk away scenes because it seemed like Michael kind of accepted that, that, that they are inevitable. Like it's not going to work right now but it will in the future. So let's, so now that we've established that, I mean, you can, you can argue that Alex has done the same thing. I think with that song was kind of him working through where he was at. So now let's move forward. Now let's, you know, we've had all this angst for two seasons. Let's move on. Yeah. Also depends on what the plan is for Alex and Forrest too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, again, this, everything that we know or knew about season three was before Karina left. So I don't know what to expect now because Karina said Forrest really does not play as big of a role in season three as you think. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not what you think it is, but that was, you know, who knows what that means now? I don't, I don't know what that, if he's only in like one episode, I don't know if, is he even in the damn thing? I mean, I have no idea what that means now or if they're, if he and Alex are really even together for very long or, so I think it depends on how long they, they kind of draw that out for. Um. Mickey wanted to talk about uh, in 204 with Alex helping Michael with the files. Yeah. So we see him um, do that for the first few episodes of the season, of season two, right? So what I like about that episode is, um, well, the whole episode, I think it's the best episode for Malik of the whole season, to be honest. Um, not just the amount of scenes that they have, but the quality, like we said before, we had quantity over quality in this season. Um, and I think 204 kind of balances that um, better than, than other episodes. But anyway, um, so what I like about that episode is the, I think it's the last scene that they have when they talk about um, um, Trip being the one who, um, who did the raid on, on the farm, right? So um, Alex saying um, that, it was just another main span and that uh, he didn't want to send in Michael's way and all of that. And Michael's saying that it wasn't his fault, right? Um, and I think that's a big turning point for, for Alex specifically, but for the relationship in general, because um, re-watching their scenes, what I noticed is that in the first few episodes, what Alex does is what he always does because it's it's his it's his personality, I guess, it's his way of being, that he approaches things in a, like a very clinical way, like in a very, like he's a, he, he does have a soldier's mind, right? 
Um, so he's like, okay, I'm looking at the files. I want to help you. I want to, I'm going to look at more information. And he does that because he's compartmentalizing um, what's happening, right? So um, he wants to help Michael, but at the same time, he knows that his family is in the way. So what does he do? He does his job, basically. Um, but after Michael says it wasn't you, um, I think that Alex goes for a more human, I guess, or a more emotional approach than what it was before. Um, so he tries to like empathize, I guess, more with Michael. Not that he doesn't have empathy for Michael before, but um, I think he tries to understand more like the human um, part of like what it was losing his mom and what it is for him, what, what does it mean for him that the Maine's family is um, in the way of all of that and is um, connected to all, all that pain for Michael. So um, that's what I liked about that episode. I think it's a very big turning point for their dynamic in, this, in season two. I think it's really, I would agree that that's one of the best episodes just from beginning to end for the two of them. I like that because it just fits so well with that whole conversation Michael had with Isabel at the end of season one about how, you know, Alex is wrapped up in everything and like the, the most traumatic things, parts of his life. And he's not wrong in terms of, you know, Alex's family, even Alex himself being there, but realizing that Alex exists not as like a representation of all of these, these traumatic events, that it's just he was present and his family is involved, but being able to separate Alex from those people and th that history, because I think that's key, is not letting this one or many traumatic events represent who they are to one another. Like they, they can exist outside of these things. And that's the big takeaway, I guess, from season two is Michael coming to that, even both of them coming to that realization that they can have all this trauma and this history and this pain, but it is possible to, to move past it or to figure out a way to deal with it and realize that you are more than your trauma. Yeah, I think that um, both of them kind of coming to this realization of, you know, you aren't defined by your past, you aren't defined by your trauma, you aren't defined by the, the bad shit that happened to you <clears throat> is important. And I think it's necessary for them to make that realization and really accept it to be able to move forward individually and together. And so I agree that that was, that was a really good episode. And it was really, I think it was really critical for them in the season. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about the flashback scene that we got. Um, the, that really lovely, but kind of weird truck in the desert scene. Um, I love it because I like happy Malik's and that was soft and, and cute, whatever in the beginning. Um, I still think it was, Kind of a weird choice, but it's weird because it just doesn't fit in with what we know of them as teens. Because there's mm. so, there was always so so much unknown, but between you know what happened in the shed with Jesse, and then now, like there was just there's been so little. I don't know. I I there's lots of people that were debating last season or season one. Like, did they see each other again? Is this the thing that continued? I didn't realize mm. they continued dating after the shed like I, that yeah. was never hinted at so I think that's right. why it's kind of weirdly confusing um 
that episode is marred for me by when Michael was equated with Jesse. Yes. That really affected how I view that scene because how dare the show even equate Michael's dealing with his trauma and acting out as a teenager. Because let's all, let's talk about that for a second. It's easy to forget that we are talking about children because they're played by adults and we, we see them mostly as adults. But we are talking about 17, 18 year old, and I don't care who you are, that's a child. Those are children. Unable to process emotions years away from like frontal lobe full development. So we're talking about children who just went through something horrific, abusive, violent, painful. So, and on top of that, all of Michael's history, of course, he is going to act out. And of course, he is going to be unsettled and unable to deal with his emotions. This is not unusual. This is very normal. He doesn't have anyone. He doesn't have a family to help him in the way that you would if you were well-adjusted and had, you know, a sort of um, a less abusive household. So him fucking up and stealing shit and being a douchebag, you know what I mean? Like a normal normal 18-year-old anyway, and then you add all of this in, is in no way comparable to Jesse literally trying to kill teenagers or abusing teenagers. That's not the same anyway. So I think watching that now is clouded by that whole conversation that happened after because it's just not... They're so sweet and it is such a loving, it is such a wonderful breath of fresh air to see Malik's being giggly and sweet and cute and all of that. It just doesn't really make sense with what they just went through. It just doesn't, it would have almost made more sense had they been that cute and cuddly or whatever before the shed scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I was just going to say, um, yeah, it's totally more for me by the context of the scene, I guess, like what happens, before, like what's said before and what's said right after. Um, the scene itself, I guess, I mean, I would have a, I would have understood it, like, even if I don't like Alex saying, um, telling Michael that he's wasting his life because he doesn't want to go to college and all of that. Um, I would have understood it in the scene itself, in the flashback. If we didn't have Alex after that saying, you know, he he was a, a walking bar fight and all of this, especially because it's happening in season two, Alex is saying this to Maria in season two, after they both know what happened. Like at that point in 205, they, all, everyone is in the know of what happened. We're assuming, like we were assuming that Maria and Alex know the context of all of these events, right? Um, so he knows that um, Noah possessed Isabel. And he knows that Noah in Isabel's body killed Rosa. He knows about, you know, Max and, and Michael um, and what they did with Rosa's car and all of that. So how can you frame that um, in hindsight? with the same feelings that you had, understandably, as an 18-year-old that didn't understand what was going on. Um, so that's, I think that's what bothers me the most, um, how they framed it. 
because it's not the same thing. Like you don't have the the same understanding ten years after that you had as an eighteen year old who didn't know what was going on and was just you know afraid of. Well, first of all, what your presumably boyfriend was going through, and second of all, that you in part caused it because it was your dad that did that to him, right? So yeah. It was a little bit weird. I do, itself, I do love the flashback. Yeah, I mean, when you take it out, when you just don't pay attention to the context, the scene itself remains one of my favorite of season yeah. two. Alex showing care and compassion and worry about Michael and Michael brushing it off like he always does. And it, it really lays the groundwork for some essential Michael and Alex characteristics later on as adults. So I think as long as I, and I haven't, I haven't watched it in context in a long time. Like I always skip just right to that scene and I, you know, it, it's, it is very sweet and I, and I'm glad that we got it. I just, you know, I, I wish that it had been in a different circumstance, I think. Yes. Or, or, um, being, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of it is marred by the fact that it is Blamis and Tyler playing. So it's, it's, it can be hard to realize that we're talking about something so long ago Yeah, that it's easy to sort of equate it with the time now rather than a decade before. And so I think that's the only part, but um, I kind of hope we don't get any more flashback scenes. Mm. I think that it's limited in its ability to tell us anything. Um, I think if, I have a I have a hard time with flashbacks in general. I, I just don't want to. I want to focus on the here and now and working right. past these issues, and I want to see what their future looks like. And so, maybe if it's a flashback like that, where it's really quick and it's not, you know, it doesn't take up a whole lot of time. Maybe that's fine. But see, know. and for me, if we had a twenty-two episode season. I would kill for like an entire episode that's nothing but flashbacks and explains what Agreed. happened through oh, those yeah. whole 10 years. But we don't have a 22 episode season. So mm-hmm. so in the end, I would rather not have the flashbacks and maybe let's just have that 10 year gap be just kind of a murky gray area for, for right. Fanon to fill in. Well, because the only reason that worked in season one to have an entire episode was because you had to, you know, lay a lot of groundwork for right. here and now and moving forward. So it makes complete sense. So we had one whole episode that, that worked out well. So like for me, for the, pla- I do agree about the flashbacks um, because there's just, just not enough time, but what I would like is for them to, define those that 10 year gap a little bit more but like you can do it in like conversations like drop hints every once in a while but um what i would like is for them to be um consistent about what they tell us about those 10 years because like from season one we got one thing and then in the little flashback and then little like scene with alex and marie after I think most of the family was like, what? Like, that was not what we thought had happened. Now, a lot of that was just having, like, a long hiatus in the the middle of season one and season two, right? So the fandom was like, yes, this happened. And, and a lot of 10-year um, fix um, happened in the meantime. So I think a lot of it was just fanon um and what you know the fandom thought had happened 
but I do get the sense that they didn't just they just hadn't really defined um I guess the backstory or like what happened in those 10 years uh for Malik specifically I don't know I would like to get more details for sure at least I'm the opposite and I don't want any more details (laughs) Like, I don't want to look back anymore. I think, right. you know, I think for me, I like leaving it as this murky time, you know, if purely from a fandom perspective or you can sort of make it however you want. I do kind of like that because people are so creative and they do a lot with yeah. it. I don't know how much more time I want spent on Malik's before now. Right. Totally. You know, I, I because we have so few episodes in such little time, I think one of the things that kind of affects Malik's as a ship and like being together is the fact that they focus on the past so much. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that for me, I care. I, I think that we could never talk about that, that sort of lost decade and I would be fine. Like I want to focus on now and like where we're going in the future. I guess it depends on the context of, you know, why, why do we need to know what happened during yeah. that time? Is it, you know, that would be the only reason that it, it unless it worked really well, I don't know that I care. All right, let's uh, talk about the the destruction of the shed scene, which I I loved. Love. I loved it. Not a not. Let's let's. I just want them to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> like I that's think, a great way to deal with what happened. Like I get it. Right. Like it's cathartic, you know. Let's also talk about our feelings. In, well, I think that's, that scene things. is much more exciting to watch than them sitting in a therapist's office. But yeah. yes, I agree. Right. Um, Fair. I think it's such a great, <clears throat> I mean, not subtle at all, but again, we're talking about Roswell, but such a great chance to sort of mirror, you know, obviously what happened in the shed and it really gives them a chance to seal the, this whole season of them working together multiple times and they're working together one last time. And I, Tyler in particular did a very good job of like looking so much lighter and happier as they were destroying it. Like he really did a good job of letting us see the weight lifting off of Alex's shoulders. And I really appreciate that part Um, Mm -hmm. because I think that that's the whole point. And that's key that they both needed to just let their rage out because that's what I would want to do. I don't want to go to therapy and talk to me, whatever. I would love, you know, this, because it's so rare to have a physical embodiment of your trauma, right? A lot of it is so obviously in your memories and in your minds and in your emotions. So to have this physical embodiment of what that represents to you and you get this chance to physically destroy it and physically do all of these things, I feel like that it was such a good choice. Like it was probably one of my top five favorite scenes Malik scenes this season it was just so good so yeah I mean it got a little you know hokey with the skeleton Skeleton. but you know (laughs) literal skeletons literal skeletons like it's a good throwback you know I it was good um it was weird what they did with the stuff that was there but whatever that's with him and Maria and all that mess but I do appreciate that scene yeah, 100%. I the a detail that I didn't notice the first time that I watched that scene because it's it's split into two, right? They start destroying it and then there's a scene in the middle that I have no idea what it is and then you go back and it's like it's not it's nighttime and and they're still like going. And when they cut back at the the first few seconds, you can hear them laughing or Michael is laughing. I don't know, one of them is laughing. Um 
and it's so like it's it's really cool to to hear and to and to see because they it does really feel like they're they're they feel lighter and they um they probably feel more connected to each other as well um through destroying right. something that you know because i kind of like the idea of them not talking at all during it. yeah like you didn't really need to words aren't really needed here we've done a lot of talking this season you know and so i just i like that idea of them being in their own heads and sort of working through it and physically getting that out and you know of all the complaints i have about season two i don't have many of that scene i think we needed it yeah okay um I want to touch briefly on kind of the the parallel with you know the whole cosmic thing with Malix and um Trip and Nora. It's like, you know, once again, the show is not subtle and it's going to beat you over the head with, oh. you know, like and this is so and it's so hokey and cheesy and I love it. Like don't get me wrong. I love it. Like, I I will never forget people in another fandom that I was in at the time, like absolutely making fun of me for the cosmic scene in season one, like posting <laughs> the gifts or whatever, like, what in the hell are you watching? What is the show? Because it is hokey and cheesy, and that is okay. That is it's wonderful. okay to have something hokey and right. cheesy in the world. We deserve I'm so it. happy. I'm so happy of all the choices in season two when it comes to tying them together with Nora and Trip and then having this throwback to or callback to cosmic soulmates and all of that because it's such an integral part of who Alex are as a ship and uh, you know part of the show and having all of these like these connected no matter what you do you're always connected with one another and so I think it was a great you know I could the Nora and Trip flashbacks was you know sometimes got a little irritating because it did take up so much time that we could have dedicated to the characters that we have now but selfishly and from a Malik Shipper perspective it was nice to have one more piece of validation from the show of being like just saying <laughs> like you yeah. can't have look I mean the show is literally hitting us over the head with they are quite clearly meant to be together. Yeah. <clears throat> what was cool to me is that um, not only we as the audience knew that that was a parallel because, you know, there are a lot of them that, you know, you as the audience, you recognize and say, oh, this is a parallel. Or they, it's a callback or whatever. But they as characters know that that's something that they've said because they shared that look that was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I... I think that the idea of soulmates and all of that is, I mean, to me personally, pretty garbage or whatever, but in terms of a sh fictional show, like i it's so funny because in real life, if someone said like soulmates or whatever, I'd be like, you're fucking insane. Leave me alone. But you, the minute you put it in perspective of like fictional characters, I'm like, Oh, of course they're soulmates. Like, of course they're meant to be. So I just think it's, it works so well for them because we've seen time and time again that no matter what they do they cannot get away from one another not only because the town is small and they have so many connections but because i just they're just inexplicably drawn to one another um they can't they can't exist in the same room without giving those looks or or being very aware of where the other is so i think like, good job on the show for continuing that okay let's talk about the song the song! The song.
keeping score is a battle line is fight alone it's you it's a good song like even separated from everything to do with the show it's just a good song and also my favorite thing is that that song is quite literally written about michael obviously that's the whole point of the song the hoops the anti-malik's people jumped through to say that that song wasn't about michael (laughs) then who's it about was one of the funniest things i've ever seen in fandom ever like it's not, we're not talking about a non-canon ship here that you can make arguments for or against. They are canon. <laughs> they happened over and over again. Like, you don't have to like them. You don't have to ship them. That's fine. But you can't undo the fact that it's canon and you can't undo the fact that the lyrics are literally about Michael. Yeah. Now you can argue that <clears throat> was this Alex's way of working through his trauma and letting Michael go? You can make that argument. I don't know that I would agree with that, but you can make that argument. That's fine. But like, obviously the song is about he and Michael and their history together and, and his own, his own, his own self too. You know, obviously there was lines about his father and all that. Obviously it's about Alex, but come on. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you actually made that gift set um, as soon as like the episode came out with like all the lines and all the mm-hmm. like scenes that they um they're connected to yeah so it's like we saw all of the scenes that these lines are based off this of is the history so of Malik like, put into a song yeah I mean it's yeah. the, literally a theme song of our ship yeah I do I, uh, I do like that Alex started singing it without Michael there that it wasn't sung mm-hmm. for Michael's benefit Yes. Now that I do like, because I think that that shows that it was something he needed to get out in a catharsis that had nothing to do with Michael. That this really was about himself in terms of like letting go of things. And I do, I kind of like that that's where that, the the scene started. Yeah. And also um, connected to that, that he, we got hints that he was working on the song throughout the season right, right? it's right, not right. something that he just made up in that moment like it's something right. that he works up to um so that's really cool that he does get to that point that he he feels comfortable sharing it in a room and full of people and i agree that you know the song could be alex working through his feelings about michael and letting him go but that doesn't mean that letting that go doesn't mean that he is is done forever I think that it was a necessary moment for Alex and like, you can, you can sit there and you can be, you know, it's like in that same scene, Michael's saying, you know, oh, it's not hard to our time right now. You can argue that that's Michael letting go. Yeah. Right. So you can have this song. You can have Alex kind of having this moment where he's like, okay, now I can move on to forest well, or whoever. There's a difference whoever, between whatever. a temporary understanding that this moment is not right. That, there's still things I need to work through and there's a difference between letting go of the baggage and then letting go of one another. And I think letting go of the possibility of them in that moment is very different than saying, well, never going to happen. Like parallel that with that scene out after the threesome where Michael, where Alex says, I used to really think that you and I were going to end up together. I used to too. Which feels a lot more final. Like Mm -hmm. the implication being, but we're not going to. And then you parallel that with after that scene and it feels a lot more realistic uh, or or shows a little bit more growth on both of their parts to say, we're not ready to let each other go in forever. 
clearly we're never we have to, we can't keep ignoring the fact that we're drawn together but we can recognize that maybe now is not the time maybe there's still steps that we have to take before we can be together because I feel like it's there is some line in some show that is always in the back of my mind when I watch that but I can't remember what it is but it's more of a it's like they've got one final shot at being together like they kind of recognize that if we're going to do this we have to really do it we have to really and so we can't just get together now and risk losing everything forever like they yeah. have to be more ready to to be together i think um yeah, and i think because, it's great that they're sorry. they show that yeah because i think you also have to think about um the fact that michael and maria just broke up however you want you you know if you like that scene over or not but um they just broke up presumably alex doesn't know it because why would he um um so it makes sense that alex would sing the song whatever and go to forest well it doesn't make sense that he does it as quickly as he does but you know makes sense that he wants to kind of try and try this new thing with this new person um and it makes sense that michael acknowledges that he he isn't ready and it's not their time because you know you just broke up with a person that they told us he's been with for like a year now like it's not something you're ju not just gonna jump into a new relationship with someone you have like 10 years baggage with so um so it, it does make a lot of sense and I understand it um now that Alex Forrest's kiss still doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense that it was that quick after the song. No, but, but I do think that it was one of those, like, very unsubtle, you know, callbacks to Michael and Maria at oh, the yeah. end of season yeah, yeah. one. And so it when you see that, it's just a giant eye roll because it's like, okay, so now you're trying to make this parallel work, whatever, you know, the music, all of that. Okay. I can see what you're doing. I don't, you know, I don't think it makes any sense, but sure. That's well, it's also a very, one of those very obvious CW tropes that it happens on all their shows and you're, it, you can't move on unless you're making out with some other new pot person like that's just a cw thing it happens on all of their shows like mm -hmm. nobody's allowed to move on in a healthy way yeah it's also and also i think it's a theme with the show in general of um getting the timing wrong so it's a theme with liz and, and max um and with malix as well you know just not never like getting the timing right or it's such a and it's such a trope in like all right these, yeah you know all shows really it's this you know and it's because it's instant drama because it's of course one person ready to date when the other one isn't and then it flip-flops and i get it i mean you, you know if you've been mm -hmm. watching tv for longer than a year you you can understand that trope i think it's more frustrating at this point because because we know we have such a long wait <laughs> so we still didn't get what we wanted and it's a year later and now we are like so many years into dealing with these two and just sort of waiting i do think it's going to be worth the wait but it is it's a little frustrating i think yeah it's so you know it's so funny that we say it's been so many years that we're yeah, dealing it's been with two that years. it's been two seasons <laughs> it's been it two feels years. a lot longer it feels i have been longer, in yeah. i've been in fandom and had my blog for like 
two years and a few months, like nothing, nothing crazy by any means. It just feels so long because we had a pandemic right there in the middle. Yeah. All right. So let's move on and talk about Malik's in relation to some of the other characters on the show. I think we have to start with um, Jesse because there was a lot there this season, you know, in addition to the first season and now Jesse's dead. So hopefully everybody got all the resolution that they wanted in that relationship because I still am so loud. Me too. Like, why would you kill such a good villain? Why? I'm glad Michael got to confront him. I'm glad that Alex got to confront him. I'm glad they got to say what they got to say, but it's just, it's never going to, make me not angry that they killed off such a good villain that that still had so much potential um, when it comes to them individually and then them together it had so much potential. So now who's the villain? You know, that's always the question really. Who's going to fill that void of being such a good villain? Cause I don't know of anyone else. Unless he's not dead. I still kind of have this in the back of my mind. He was pretty like, dead. He was pretty dead. Okay. So was Rosa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair. Rosa was very dead. That's fair. <laughs> Um, you know, that's, I, he, he did such a good job. I mean, Jesse was so believable as this terrible person and who was always this specter and this ghost hanging over, you know, and and not only the, the, the memories of Jesse, but him physically still there lurking around, like still existing in this town with them. So, did such a good job of, of never letting them move forward because he's always going to be, and no matter that he's dead or not, Jesse Maines will always be inexplicably tied. That's not the word I was looking for. Anyway, tied to Michael and Alex. Yeah. Now, as time mm-hmm. goes on and they deal with it, his impact will be less and it won't matter, but there will always be that you can't take away that memory. And so and I love he, that. He, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. No, I was just going to say, and I love that in their relate their relationship with him and then in the show in general, he he was irredeemable through the whole thing. They never came up with this like gray, murky, like, oh, maybe he's, you know, he's bad, but maybe at the end of the day, he's not awful. Like, no, Jesse was awful and irredeemable, especially to Malik's from day one until the day he died. And I respect that. And if that, if, th- if that's how his story ends, as much as I wish that he hadn't been killed off, I'm okay with that. What I don't want is for him to come back and then somehow he like, he's not so bad. Like yeah. sometimes bad guys are just bad guys and we should just let them be bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Redeeming Jesse would be the worst thing this show could ever do. I mean, because... he isn't redeemable by any means i just don't think you know i think if you're going to have a redeem a character that's where flint comes in then Mm -hmm. we can redeem we can redeem flint um i don't think he is um you know too far gone um but yeah i would be very disappointed if he came somehow came back anyway i think that would be ridiculous how many people can come back from the dead um but you have a one character limit on your show when you come back from the dead after that exactly exactly and yet Amanda and I both come from soap opera where everyone comes back from the dead. <laughs> no one's actually ever truly dead. Um, so maybe that's what, and Roswell's basically a soap opera anyway. So, I mean. Um, okay. What else do we, do we want to talk about Jesse anymore? I feel like we. Um, 
Well, it's not necessarily Jesse. I mean, it's the, the speech that Michael does to Jesse. Um, you are barely human! Ooh, when I was a kid, I thought maybe because my high IQ, my, my species was superior to yours. And I fell in love with your son. And I didn't feel superior anymore. I am angry. And smashing things, it's easy. Alex has evolved past that. He's past you. And he's past me. Oh, so good. And I, I think just, what I, just a, I, I think it never really hit me how, what a great, beautiful thing that is to say about Alex too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it really shows. Like Alex made him Michael, believe in the goodness of people. Right, like yeah. how much Michael really loves Alex in, in that one line. That's so good. It's such a good line. Yeah. And then like when he says, um, you know, throughout, I think he says multiple times during the season, but that he basically had a plan for his future before, uh, before what happened with Rosa and that you kind of get a hint that he was kind of planning it with Alex. You know, he had that idea in mind that he was going to have this future with Alex, you know, about family and dad band and all of that. Um, it's just, just so, so cool to see. Obviously, heartbreaking because then none of it happened. But um, I think it's knowing that young Michael, who came from such terrible upbringing, we knew that at some point in his life he had this sort of domestic, normal, quote unquote, view of what his life was going to be. Is so because yeah. it's so far removed from the Michael we have now who kind of eschews all idea of normality in that sense, because he doesn't think that he can ever have that domestic life. But the fact that he won at one point when he was a sweet baby child thought about these such sweet, innocent things makes everything sadder. It makes everything yeah. even sadder, which I didn't even think was possible. But I think just vulnerable Michael making plans in the future with his like adorable little boyfriend is just so fucking sweet that it yeah. I mean, it could give you like a toothache it's just so sweet and then to have all that taken away um and having to deal with all the dreams that you wanted and having to change what that means all because things outside of your control it's not yeah. and, you know no he made choices that he felt like he had to make but that changed the trajectory of his life and it's just so sad <laughs> Mm-hmm. which almost which makes Michael losing that losing kind of like that hope for his future and and that life with Alex that he wanted is what makes in my, in my opinion which makes Jesse more irredeemable than the physical harm he caused Michael mm-hmm. like yeah he busted his hand you know and kind and the fact that he kind of took this chance for for happiness and peace from Michael is more cruel than any oh, kind of physical harm he could have done to absolutely to yeah and his faith in humanity like it was what he says in season one that in one in that one moment he, he lost his faith in humanity and that's basically why he is the way he is in like 10 years after right so so yeah and that like it's so good like the fact that one person in in the family took away his like gave him hope and that that was Alex and that the other person in that family took it away and I guess I, I think with season two we do kind of go towards Michael having 
faith in humanity again. Not necessarily just because of Alex. Like, I think... Just um, in general. Like, yeah, just coming in general. To, right. It started to heal. And with that healing yeah. comes the realization that not every human is like Jesse. And, you know, that there is a varied sense of, of, you know, every person is different. And all of humanity is not defined by that one person. I think exactly. that, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now let's talk about my Luca. Um, and before we get into it, we all just kind of want to say that everybody knows how we feel about the threesome, about everything surrounding it. Um, you know, we had a whole episode basically talking about it and then we've talked about it, um, ever since then. So we're not going to get in depth on that in this because everyone knows how we feel. So, we don't want to. Yeah. And we don't want to talk <laughs> about it anymore. To. Yeah. Because if the show's not going to talk about it again. Yeah. And the show is going to pretend like it didn't happen that I'm going to as well. Yep. Love it. Um, I think that it, you know, obviously, you know, we're not, we're not going to go back into the way it, you know, made us feel or whatever, all of that. But I, I am interested to see if it ever comes up again. Is yeah. it something that was affected by this, like something supernatural or whatever the fuck Karina was talking about sex pollen at one point, whatever, you know, is it something that's going to come up again? I don't, and I, I don't know that it could, it would be so weird if it was, but it also was weird that it wasn't. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't want it to be talked about again, but also I hope that we're, when we're talking about Malik's moving forward, we can't ignore the fact that they had sex in season two. Yeah. <laughs> they can't, that it would be easy to think, okay, well, they haven't hooked up since episode three of season one. And, you know, all this time, that's not true. They had sex. They were together. They made, they kissed, they touched one another. They saw each other in this light. So what does that mean for moving forward? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Like, is it, it's going to be so weird if it's never brought up again. Yeah. My fear is that at some point, Maria is going to bring it up and throw it back in one of their faces. And I don't want that for Maria. I don't Maria think so. I don't think Maria. I don't. Hopefully they wouldn't do that to Maria. I don't think so. I think. I hope not. I genuinely hope not. But it's a fear I have. Yeah. I mean, I think my greatest fear would be. If their intent. And I am not saying that this actually happened. But if their intent was to make it something beautiful between three people to share. Um, you know, like Michael said or whatever. If that was their intent then bringing it up again in some negative light would be a horrific idea. Like making everyone look terrible, all of it, such a bad idea. Um, but then again, if they make it something, you know, negative, I don't know. It just, I, I don't know if they should bring it up again or not. I, my, I lean towards no. I lean towards just letting it be what it was, some really weird choice on Karina's part and the, the other writers or whatever. Um, because I just don't think it's worth bringing up again. It doesn't doesn't do anyone any favors, any of the characters, any favors. Yeah. My my thinking is um, it won't be, be brought up again just because it doesn't really make any sense. It's been so long now that it doesn't really make yeah. any sense. Also, mm -hmm. like, I think it's been confirmed that like a year will pass in season three. Yeah, and at that point, who cares? Right. Like, yeah, who cares? But um, so definitely not as like a serious conversation that should have happened right after between the three right. of them and not just two of them. Um, but um, for how Roswell is, I don't know now without Karina because I think 
that was more her personality but um how, how I think about Roswell is maybe will be, be brought up as a joke like how, how you remember how when this happened and then I would it. throw my fucking computer I would throw <laughs> yeah. my computer I would lose my shit if they made it into a joke I no yeah, it was brought up know, on Twitter so much about how people were uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And they did not make it clear that it was, again, don't at me. I don't give a shit. We've done this conversation before. Consent wasn't clear. All of that was really weirdly acted. Everything was weird from beginning to end. People made that clear on Twitter. This is weird. This may be uncomfortable. So don't joke about it. Yeah. Just either have a serious conversation, which you won't do, or nothing, or just let it go. Yeah, yeah. At this point, let it go. But I, I'm saying, like, yeah. if if they do it, that's the yeah. way I, I I see them doing I, it. Yeah. Because oh. you know, like Greg saying, like, seriously, Alex or Maria, like all these jokes that they threw around about like making a love triangle and stuff in season two, um, which obviously they didn't have the the audience reaction well, when they wrote right. it, but um, right. you still knew from season one that that was something that wasn't really beloved by fandom. So um, the, the love triangle, I guess. Um, so I don't know. That's the way I see it happening if it does ever happen. Um, but I don't think it will. At this point, like if they, if it didn't happen in season two, I don't, I don't see it happening in, in, in the yeah, future. Yeah, no, I think it's probably gone. I think it's probably done. It'll just be a blip. Wow, you guys, we did a really good job about not talking about three. Okay, so let's move on. We, we talked about Forrest, but we talked a little bit about Forrest. Um, I agree with, you know, what we've heard so far from Karina, whatever, you know, however you want to take what she's saying since she's not involved anymore, um, that he's not going to be a huge factor. I think that I think that he'll be there in season three. Um, I don't I don't hate him. And as a Malik stripper, I don't hate him because I don't see, I don't see him. Not at all. Not at all. No, I, don't I, think care about less, him. <laughs> I think he's less interesting than he could have been if he were a bad guy. Yeah. And I know mm-hmm. that the, you know, that there are people that don't want him to be a bad guy because it would affect Alex. And, and I think Mickey, you've talked about that and that's totally fine. If he, whatever. My problem with him is that they changed his characterization halfway through, like we said. Um, so I think the fact that he's not part of the weird Deep sky, blue sky, deep, deep whatever the fuck. <laughs> whatever. What the fact that he's not that makes him less interesting. I think now mm-hmm. that he's nothing and not involved with any of that, I just think that he's he's boring now. Um, weird Nazi guy. Um, isn't that what Michael called him? Nazi guy. Um, so I think that now he's just not interesting. If they had made him part of it. And then attempted to redeem him or do something with it and give it some layers. Mm-hmm. Then I would have been like, okay, let's talk about Forrest. Let's keep Forrest. Let's maybe not with Alex because that's not what I want shipper wise, but let's mm-hmm. keep going. But now that they've just made him some Walmart version of Alex, I don't care. I don't, what's the point? I have Alex. I don't want the weird cheap copy. Well, I kind of wanted to like grab Alex and be like, dude, red flag is a white dude that's obsessed with World War II and Nazis. Like huge red flag, huge that he was introduced as Nazi guy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. History, love it. I have a degree in history. Super interesting. But if someone knew me as Nazi girl, I think that that's a I think that's a red flag. Let's just that's not the best, especially given the time frame in America that we're saying that. Let's 
What a weird mm-hmm. way to introduce a character. Yeah, because they could have been like history guy. History guy. Because mm-hmm. that's literally but why it's what it's Nazis. Yeah, why Nazis? And I don't know that that ever came up again. I think they called him Nazi guy. And then I assume again. that the whole Nazi angle had to do with him being in Deep Sky or whatever it was called. Yeah. And since that was dropped, now it no longer. Now makes he's sense. just Nazi guy. Yeah. <laughs> Randomly. Like if he was a bad guy, you'd be like, well, of course he loved Nazis. <laughs> that makes sense. How could, you know, we're not being subtle at all. Absolutely. But now that he's like a good guy, I'm like, do you also listen to like the Joe Rogan podcast? Like how many red flags can one human have? I don't like it, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about Isabel and Greg, who are the captains of the Malik ship and we love them. And um, I really hope that we get some more conversations, especially between Michael and Isabel about how Michael's feeling about Alex in season three, because I think that those are some of the, the best scenes for Michael where he really kind of works through his feelings. I say that. And I also present you, Alex and Isabel talking about Michael. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. I would love oh, yeah. So yes, I want Isabel to have conversations, but I love the idea of Isabel and Alex getting to know one another as friends because she, because they are both so important to Michael and mm-hmm. she is such a, you know, proponent of the two of them and recognizing that there, there will be a time for them in the future or whatever. And so I kind of love the idea of Alex and Isabel bonding and having a conversation about, you know. Well, and think about Isabel and how like intense she is. And like, she's going to see this dude who's so important to Michael and not be like, want it invade every facet of his life to you're <laughs> telling me isabel evans the bossiest most intrusive person on the show would not show up at alex's house with two iced coffees and say bitch we need to talk no of course she would she would show up at alex's house and be like okay i know you guys are in love we're gonna talk like of course she yes. would mm-hmm. and we all that is, is isabel to a t she's bossy and she's intrusive in a quirky way and in a not so quirky way but like they you they have to give me alex and isabel we've now been waiting two seasons for so fucking long it's almost like on my wish list of things for roswell it's like malix being together and then alex and isabel being friends like it's right there and they'd be such good friends they're yeah. both just kind of yeah you know what's funny is that we say like isabel being such a proponent for Malik's and all of that and they like Isabel and Michael actually have two conversations about it one in the season one finale and one in the season two finale and that's it yeah that's all we get I think so it's because we we know Isabel's supportive of Michael does that make sense right like, yes yeah as, as a whole and I think that's where that idea comes from for me at least like no totally yeah. it's just funny that like for me uh, like personally I know that from the season one finale when Michael and Isabel talked about it, I was like, well, okay. So in season two, maybe Isabel is going to be like, you know, right. try and talk about it again or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't happen. And she was actually kind of vaguely supportive about Michael and Maria, which I kind well, of, I, I mean, she I wants again, Michael to be happy. She wants Michael to be happy. I don't think yeah. she, I don't necessarily think that she is necessarily cares or outwardly cares really who it is she just knows that 
she wants Michael to be happy. She, if, if Maria is who makes him happy at that moment, that's fine. I think she, by the end of season two, recognizes that, you know, Alex means a lot more to Michael than really anyone realized and realizes, I I think sees that inevitability of the two of them that other people maybe don't pay attention to Liz. Um, So I think that that's where that sort of comes from. And part of it is also fan and I'm sure. Um, Yeah. But the assumption being she's so supportive of Michael that I could, that I think that she would be a fan. Yeah, I think for me, like I did that in my notes, is for me that season two, I mean, I know what the show is not about Malik's, but season two for me had a lot less um, kind of about other characters connecting to Malik's. So like in season one, we we know that like kind of everyone knew about them because they're so fucking obvious that everyone just knows about them. Um, season two, we kind of do get that with with Greg, but um, but at the same time, it's just always the two of them having these intense conversations, like we talk about. And they, I w- what I would like for them to have is conversation with other people about it. Like say for Michael, it could be with Isabel, with Alex, it could be it could be Kyle. I guess it would be weird now with Maria. It could be Liz if we want to, you know, go back to that friendship. Could be Greg, you know. Um, I just want them to have you know conversation with other people now that everyone knows about them, um, because I think it would help them like kind of share the load of tension that they have about this relationship um, and make the scenes between just the two of them a, a little less tense. Um, now they have evolved from, you know, season one and the beginning of season two, obviously like we talk about, but um, I, I still think like all of their scenes are so intense all the time. So I would like to um, have that again in season three. I agree. Uh, so Greg, mm-hmm. um, I really hope that we get more of him uh, in season three because I I want a member of Alex's family who loves him unconditionally. Yeah. I hope that Greg is that character that just genuinely wants Alex to be happy yeah. and is going to be supportive and, you know, like there in the background, like th- two thumbs up while he's yeah. like trying to move on with Forrest and then also be, you know, happy two thumbs up when it, he f- inevitably finds his way back to Michael. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he's probably like kind of the mirror of that sibling relationship between Mike, Michael and Isabel would be Alex and Greg. Like he mm-hmm. would be just, he, he does look happy whatever person um alex is with so we have touched on um our hopes for season three kind of throughout this episode uh we did get a question on tumblr from bisexual aliens uh what are your hopes for malix in season three and do you have any predictions and i mean we've kind of talked about that so i guess my number one hope for malix this season is I want them to get to a place where they can be around each other without like, like, like Amanda has said a couple times, I have like this like intense fog of like angst and tension. You know, I just want them to get to a place where they can be at peace, being in the same room with each other and be friends. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ready for them to 
to move on to yeah. that. Maybe I'll feel differently at the end of season three, but right. Um, but I that's my hope. I fully don't believe that we should keep waiting for them to be together romantically. I fully believe that um, as much as we all want it, you know, and this sort of big reunion scene in the rain or whatever, um, you know, I fully want to have different conversations. I want to have some things that don't matter, like conversations that don't matter, just like fun, light. I want some laughter. I want some... I don't know, jokes, not about the threesome, but some jokes about like, I don't know, lighten it up some, realize that, okay, (laughs) being in love with someone and wanting to be with someone is not all drama all the time. It's stupid inside jokes about things that happened when you were younger or things that happened years ago that no one else thinks is funny that are stupid that, you know, my husband and I laugh because of a family guy episode we watched years ago, the word sinewy. We all we have to do is say it to one another and we lose our shit because it's fucking, it was just an inside joke that means nothing. So where's that? Where's that sort of lightness? Where's that happiness that is integral to, and I know we're talking about, again, 13 episodes and we're talking about a dramatic show and I recognize all of that. I don't think it would be hard to have some lighthearted moments sprinkled in there. I don't think that it would be difficult and I don't think it would take away from anything. I think it would strengthen their relationship. So I want working together for whatever goal. I want some humor. I want some lightness. I want some hanging out. I just want some casual things. And then I want a slow, quote unquote, sort of rediscovering that it's more than that, that they want something more than that. Um, and then I want a fucking reunion that mirrors the pilot. That's what I want. Mm. That mirrors Mm -hmm. in some way, whether it be location, whether it be color palette, whether it be some sort of setup, I want to invoke the feeling of the pilot. Nice. So, you know, and that can, whatever that may mean, but that's what I want. Okay, petition to make Amanda the showrunner, <laughs> season four and five. Hire me. Hire me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, to all of that. And I guess one of my hopes with season two was um, friendship because it was eased in spoilers. And then we got none of it except for like two or four. Um, so what I would, what I want for season three is that friendship that we were promised for season two, um, and and yeah, slowly slowly working towards something back to romantic, I guess. Um, which which means that Alex could be with whoever once. I do want Michael. I said this before. I do want Michael to be single, um, because he has shit to work through. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Um, I do, I am one of the people who does want Giles Michael. Um, I think it would be, I, I don't want it necessarily like in a very dramatic way it can be no, like, no, but it doesn't have to be like ridiculous. Right. It could just be right. like an eye roll. Yeah. It could be a, a stare. It could be, it could be subtle. It could be. Yeah. And, and yes, the first thing that's going to happen is people are going to say, well, he has no right to be jealous. 
Bitch, well, jealousy isn't I'm, rational. I'm jealous of people all the time when it's like, bitch, yeah. you got no right to be jealous. Like, what are you doing? It's because that's how it is. It doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's it's okay to be irrational. We're talking about human emotion, and that's yeah. that's fine. So yes, I would agree. As some something subtle, I would love to see that. Fucking yeah, Michael, yeah no, I'm totally here hilarious. for jealous, Michael. Totally oh, yeah. here for it. I just, and I know all this comes from reading fic and, and wanting more than we're ever going to get, but I just like the idea ugh, of just falling in love again, Yeah. because I think they're, they love mm-hmm. one another, but I think the idea of falling in love with one another again could, could is something that could happen. And again, it's not the Malik show and I know that, but that's, you know, and it, even if it's just minor things that sort of build up to some sort of reunion at the end. That's what I would want. And my only fear is that I don't want them to get together and then be ripped apart again for the drama before it ends. Yeah. Like, you know, I think it also depends on how far this show's going to go. Are we going to go the full five seasons? We know we have another season coming. Are you going to have them get together and then break them up again for the drama? I don't know. You know, it's like, oh, I'm scared. Yeah. Cause I was thinking, yeah. yes, exactly. Cause I was thinking about, um, it was very clear in season one that um, Echo and Malik were parallels to each other, like as relationships that were built to be parallel to each other, right? So what I would want is exactly what you said. They they would, you know, fall back in love with each other, like kind of like Liz and Max did. Um, but I, I would not want what happened with Liz and Max to happen with them once they get together. Like once they get together, I do want them to be like the couple, like, you know, the ones that they everyone else is like, oh, look at them. I want to be like them, you know? Um, that's what I want. I don't think that we're gonna get it in season three. I don't I not necessarily wanted to, but I do want them to work up to that and maybe yeah. like in season four. I feel very confident or feel, maybe I shouldn't, but I feel very, just knowing how this show is, I feel pretty confident that the end of season three will be the beginning of them as a romantic couple. And then season four would be, you know, exploring what that means or, or, you know, having scenes like that. Um, My fear is beyond season four, but we won't go that far. We don't even know if we have that, but um, I definitely, I think realistically fandom should prepare itself for not having a romantic relationship on screen all of season three and I'm totally fine with that again I want them to balance quantity and quality um I want the emotion and um feeling and connection of season one with the intent of season two and with the the quantity um and if we can sort of meet in the middle there I think that Malik's as a ship in terms of scenes can only go up yeah the only worry that I have about them pushing Malik's romantically in season three is I think it's pretty clear that season three Echo is going to be broken up, presumably for a chunk of the season. And so now you've got what romantic relationships on the show and it's a CW show. So you've got what Kyle and stuff. Presumably Alex and Forrest. But yeah. Oh, Al- See, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah Um, but but, but their relationship and I don't think anybody could argue but their relationship isn't strong enough to carry an entire show I mean that's not you know Forrest isn't and neither is Kyle's stuff 
Neither is Kyle and Steph. And that's not anything, that is not even commenting on the characters themselves. They're just not main characters. And so, mm-hmm. of course, they're not meant to, you know, carry the weight of the show. That's not the point of it, right? Um, and maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get a good love interest for Isabel, preferably a female. That's and, what it's supposed to be. We'll see. And that will, you know, maybe that can fill the the romantic void while Echo and Malix are working through their stuff. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, the future of Malik's without Karina, but I think, I don't think it's necessary. No, I think, I, I, I think our, we talked about it before. The fear is she had so much in, emotional investment, whether or not mm-hmm. you, again, whether you like her or you hate her. Um, she had so much emotional investment in Malik's that does Chris feel the same way? Does right. he value them as characters together in the way that she did? Is he going to fight for what they represent is he going to listen to fandom does he recognize that the most active parts of fandom are the malik shippers well and i keep going back to that tweet that karina wrote i think even i think it was before season one premiered and she was like swore you know i i will never kill a, a queer character well she's not there anymore and so now i'm always like so are Malik's as secure now as they maybe would have been if Karina was still the showrunner? I don't know. I think it's a lot of uncertainty and I don't, and, and, and this isn't being negative about Chris. He's been there since day one. It's not like he's brand new. I mean, it's, he's, he's been a part right. of the show, but there's still anxiety on my part of, you know, this is a changing vision and, you know. How many shows have we all watched growing up as, as queer people and then as adults, as queer people? where that the queer character existed purely for heartbreak and sad endings and and never got what they wanted and never had the happy ending and you know how many times have we seen that and so now we maybe don't have the security that we had before um i think it's natural to be a little wary yeah 100% i think i am a little calmer knowing that there's still a showrunner that was there since the beginning. Like I would have felt a lot more anxious if we had a totally new showrunner, but knowing that we have someone that was there from the beginning, presumably kind of agreed on a lot, uh, most points with Karina to work together, you know, I mean, I guess. And, you know, the writers are the same. I think, you know, they have queer um writers i'm not as anxious like as soon as she uh as karina said she wasn't going to be involved anymore i was like "Uh, you know which way is this gonna go but then she said well chris was still there so i guess a lot of the anxiety comes from him not being vocal and she was the vocal part of the duo so you just have no idea what he he thinks which Um, for the best, possibly, because some of her vocal things yeah. have not worked out well in terms, you know, this might be the best because, and we've talked about it before, and I'll say it again, this whole writers, showrunners, everything being active on Twitter and being interactive with fandom in this way, very new, does not work out very well. Back in the day, this is not what happened. <laughs> this is not, we didn't have showrunners who came out and did this whole explaining or all of this. No, the author is dead. Yeah, like I think about all the shows that I was in fandom for growing up and 
I'm not even sure I could have told you what a showrunner was, much less who it was. Who the fudge? I wouldn't even know. the. Sh- I don't know the showrunners of any shows that I enjoy. Don't care. Because it doesn't matter. But she's made herself very integral to Rosamond, New Mexico. That's who you equate it with. And that is scary when she leaves. I don't know what that means. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our our Malik's episode. It is not 8 million hours like last year's Malik's episode. And we will be back soon with a new themed episode. And then we'll probably be getting close to whatever we're going to do when season three starts airing. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye.